Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Well, all right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today... Well, we're going to talk about fruit trees. Um, I don't know. Or trees, nut trees, pretty much any kind of trees. Uh, you know, one of the things, one of the books I have says, uh, happy is the homesteader who inherits a farm that has plenty of established fruit trees. And any of you guys who've ever uh, tried planting trees and getting fruit, you can appreciate that statement, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely a, a big thing because um, they take it's like, you know, a year or two usually before you're getting any kind of yield at all. And then I feel like three or four years by the time I'm getting any kind of significant fruit where I'm not losing everything to the, the squirrel or whatever. Right. You know, has that been your experience, Kevin? It's- yeah. Yeah. And my experience is, is growing, planting and growing fruit trees is it's a lot of work and it's a lot of uh work that sometimes the tree just dies and you spent five years trying to get this thing going and it just that's it um insects soil root rot yep squirrels deer everything yeah mm-hmm. no, i was talking to the, the the wife just now about you know we have these fig trees that i swear aren't getting over a foot tall or whatever two feet tall and i'm like what do we do wrong we got a fence around them we got mm-hmm. you know and she, and she said you know oh, they're probably too root bound when we planted them but it's like there are so many variables that come into play mm-hmm. and but now well let's talk quick about the benefit i mean the big thing is having fruit and nut trees you're talking about getting a yield, fruit, calories, all kinds of awesome stuff that you have almost no work to maintain once they're established. Right. It's just going out and getting food. 
It's going out and picking up all the nuts or going out and, uh, you know, pulling the fruit right off the tree. And that's the awesomest thing. I mean, that's really the dream right there is to have something. You just go out and, and hey, if, if your apple trees bring in the deer, then maybe that's another benefit, right? <laughs> maybe it's you time know? to start hunting. So what what kind of trees? Uh, you said that uh, George Washington has some recommendations. Yes, so George to- Washington, Mount All right. Vernon. Uh, All right. Now, here's the thing. Thomas Jefferson was was a, a big big on gardening, growing okay. uh, fruits and vegetables. Um, George Washington was, was more of an uh, orchard tree type man. of guy, tree All guy. Right. Yeah. Now he, he had huge amounts of uh, wheat fields and and you know he did that other stuff, but but uh, around his house specifically, he grew right. specific types of trees. So his favorites were uh, Southern Mag- Magnolia, just because okay. it smells nice and it's pretty. Uh, American plum tree. Now this is in, in Virginia. So, I mean, different types of trees grow in different places, but, um, apricot trees, apple trees, black locusts, uh, fig trees, oak, peach, pear, and sugar maple. Those are the, the main 10 trees that he had on his, uh, his property around his house. Now, some of those trees are, are, better for some things than others you know not all those trees are fruit trees right um he didn't have a, a lot of uh nut trees but nut trees are they take a long time to really start yeah start producing Putting out a yield. yeah right right so you, if you plant you know a chestnut tree or a walnut tree it might be 10 years before you're really even getting any you know any serious benefit from those trees um now chestnut trees in my opinion, that's that's the best tree. If you were to buy a piece of property that had chestnuts on the on the property, that's that's what you want to go for. Um, they actually a bit was was most of the United States uh, when um, Europeans first came here had big chestnut tree forests, really? um, but there was a there was a bark blight that got imported to New York city accidentally from China in 1904. And it basically just wiped out all the chestnut trees in, really in the United States. China for our problems from way back all the way back. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. Now I've got some chestnut trees, uh, um, behind my house that there's, there's kind of small. They're still not producing all that much. Um, they were there before I even got there, but got here, but they were, you know, that was 10 years ago and they're still, uh, you know, still not producing that much. And most of the time the squirrels have cleaned up before I even notice it. It's every, every once in a while, you know, every other year or so I'll be able to catch it, you know, right at the right time and, and get a whole bunch of chestnuts. But, you know, nine times out of 10, I'll go out there and I'll see them up in the tree and then I'll go out next week and I'll see all the shells on the ground and yeah, that's are all gone. Um, but they're, they're a, a great, like food source. Now, most of the world eats chestnuts and the United States, we just don't because we don't, you know, we don't have them. We, we don't. import most of our chestnuts in the United States. We import from other countries. Wow. I mean, it's weird that we had it and then we haven't gotten back to it. That That's what's shocking to me, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So there is a resurgent resurgence right now in the United States with, you know, chestnuts coming back. But like I said, it takes a long time 
time for them to grow and for them Establish. to start producing. Um, another great nut tree is uh, black walnut. Um, yeah, I have black walnuts in my yard. Do you? I do. The wood is extremely valuable, but I mean, it's probably better to just have black walnuts year after year than to cut them all down and, and right. use them for, for wood. But I mean, you can, you know, if you, with the right person, you can sell those for quite a bit of money, you know? Um, now one that I always overlook when we're talking about trees is pine trees, mm-hmm. you know, they're not really good for anything. They're, they're trash. They're terrible. Oh, you know, wait, my whole yard really is true. pine trees. <laughs> right. But that's not really true. Right. Okay. Uh, so you can use the resin from pine trees. Uh, you mix it with some dried pine needle needles and it makes like a good fire starter. Uh, you can mix that resin, that sap with um, uh, charcoal and it makes like a really good epoxy that will harden up. All right, um, I hadn't considered that. You can use green pine needles. Now, specifically, I'm talking about white pines, but this really much, really goes for most pine trees. Um, you can use that... Uh, the green pine needles and make a tea out of it. And it's uh, really high in vitamin C. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people, um, when there's food shortages, they get a real uh, shortage of vitamin C. And that's how you get scurvy, man. You know, scurvy is a real thing. And a lot of people, historically, a lot of people have died in, in the United States from scurvy because they couldn't get access to fruits and things like that. And so we needed pine needle tea. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? That's all, that's all they needed, man. Pine needle uh, now, tea and we don't get scurvy. Yeah. Now, also, uh, if you're ever out like uh, camping, hiking, backpacking, uh, the pine boughs are really good to make a yeah. bed out out of it. You know, um, when you're out backpacking in the bed, yeah. when you're out in the cold, laying directly on the ground, it's you know it adds a lot to the cold. You know, to the cold. So having a little bit of air and separation between you and the ground is a good, you know, a good thing to do. Um, And also pine trees are great because uh, in wet weather, a lot of the time, the only dry branches you're going to be able to find are at the bottom of pine trees. You know, as the grows, the the trees lower on the on the uh, trunk will dry out and just kind of be sticks sitting out there. And, you know, it's a good way to, to find dry firewood. And, and that sap is going to give you the little edge you need to get it started anyway. When it's right, right. So All I right. was always shitting on pine trees, but the truth is, there's a lot of uses for them. All right, and All right. Know, my, and also, there is a thing called pine nuts. Are you oh, familiar with pine nuts? nuts? They're super Sorry. expensive when you get them in the store because they're in acorns. Yes. and they're a huge pain in the ass to get them out of there. Um, <laughs> but. You can do it. It's not really effective as far as uh calorie to right because you you're, you're killing your calories trying to get the pine nuts out of a pine cone. Right. 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 Um. All right. So hazelnuts, mm-hmm. uh, pecans, black walnuts, walnuts, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Right. These things. One nuts have a lot of vitamins and minerals, which is awesome. They are usually pretty high calorie. Uh, acorns, I had a breakdown somewhere in my notes here, acorns, basically in a hundred grams of acorns, if I can find my notes, there it is. hundred grams of acorns will give you six grams of protein, 40 grams of carbs, 24 grams of fat, and about 390 calories. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, nuts are pretty awesome. They yeah. they really can, you know, add to what, you know, your benefit. But like you said, nut trees take some time. Yeah. You know, they're, they're definitely a commitment. And, uh, but, you yeah, know. When, when, if you're ever, you know, buying a piece of property, you really need to uh, take a look at the trees that are on the land. You know what I mean? It can make a big difference in the value of that property. You know, if you already have walnut trees growing or chestnut trees growing, yeah. you know, that's a big plus. Um, fruit trees are, you know, same thing. But, um, you know, nut trees, like you said, they take a long time. Now, if you are collecting acorns, um, you want to get the meat out. You know, uh, a lot of yeah. people do say, you know, recommend different stuff. for, But really, you can just put them on a rock and smash them up and get the meat out of there. Yeah. Then you want to put the acorns in some water and boil them off because they're right the leaching or whatever it's called. Yeah, they're right? full of tannic acid, which right. uh doesn't taste great. Right. But it's also you can use that water. So you take the nuts out, the acorns, and you've got them. You can ground them up and make flour out of them or all sorts of stuff. Uh, but that tannic acid can be used in other ways. So you can use it as a, a wash for antiseptic, uh, like mm-hmm. a you know a wound wash type thing. Like Benadine um, kind of thing. Right, right. It's also good for, for tanning hides, but I mean there's probably easier ways to do that. Your pee. You know. <laughs> I mean, there's there's definitely if you if you were already, you know, boiling uh boiling acorns and uh leaching the, the tannic acid out of there. And it was time and, to deal with the bunny hides. Yeah, yeah. Happen happen to ha- be slaughtering bunnies at the same time. You know, maybe it's worthwhile, but I wouldn't Happy go through accident. all the effort. Yeah. yeah, okay, exactly. All right. Now that's the thing. I mean, they say it's poisonous, and it is. Like, it's going to give you a sour stomach and whatever mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, leach out all that. Right. You know that that poison. I guess yeah. is what we would that say. Tannic acid is the yeah. is the stuff. Yeah. Uh. All right. So fruit trees. Uh, what do you got for fruit trees? Like apple trees. You're, you're from New York, right? You guys are the king of apple trees, all apple trees all the time. Yeah. Uh, I just planted a, a, a peach tree last year and produced, you know, probably 15 peaches on like a two foot stick. Yeah. It's, it's huge. But I, I hear that, um, as they get older and older, they, they produce less and less peaches. I'll, I'll check in with you guys in about 10 years and let you know how that's working out. Uh, but as far as apple trees go, um, got, I've got a few apple trees. And, uh, you know, they they take a little bit of maintenance. Um, you know, you, you want to really prune that. If you think that you've pruned too much off your apple tree in the spring, it isn't enough. You really yeah. got to hack them back. And you got you to gotta cut them so that the branches are growing in a way that when the apples grow, you can access them. You can reach them without having to climb the damn tree, but also um, in a way that the branches aren't going to snap off. You know, if a branch is sticking out horizontally and it's got a bunch of uh, apples on it and you get a windstorm, you know, those branches are going to going to break and you're going to have some damage to uh, take care of with your, with your apple trees. So um, it's also something you want to watch out because deer love to fuck up apple trees. You know, they'll, they'll strip the leaves off of them. They'll rip the bark off. They'll, yeah. you know, rub up on them. And they're just, yeah, I had a, just assholes when it comes to this tree doing great for a couple of years. And then some buck just came and freaking stripped the bark right off all around, you know, for yep. 
feet up. Um, apple trees, I've had squirrels really do me in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get them at like quarter size or a little bit bigger. Right. They'll come in and just wipe it out, you know? Yeah, and yeah they'll eat it all before it's even ripe if, you, if right. you're not careful. Yeah. Uh, so you just, but again, it's something that's bringing in wildlife. But the other thing is you actually plant enough that you're going to kind of coexist with the animals and the, you know, and, and you getting a good yield, right? Right. Where they're going to be able to come get their fill and you're going to get yours. That's the trick. And I know that fruit trees are not the cheapest thing, but, uh, definitely something if you can kind of get stuff going and established on your property and i hate to say it it is like a long-term play like kevin was saying you know almost all these things to really get established you need to make a time commitment but one i mean if you look at it from a monetary thing well one you're always staying ahead of inflation how cool are you if you're actually getting a yield every year but two it is going to increase the value of your property over time. And, you know, as preppers, a lot of it is preparing for the future. Mm-hmm. And I right. understand the way the world looks right now, you know, it's hard hard to see that, you know, you should be spending money for five years out and 10 years out. But, you know, you got to start somewhere. And, and when you settle on a property that you plan on being there for a while, how cool are you if you can get those things established and growing? Mm. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the comments said uh, uh, planting avocado trees. Yes. Um, avocados, oranges, lemons, those are all great, but they don't they don't grow up north. You know what I mean? You have to be in a warm climate. New Yankees, you know. You know. Yeah. Uh, s- south of Virginia and, and, you know, any place south of Virginia, you're probably okay, you know. Um Maybe a little bit north when you get out to the west coast, a little bit norther, uh, uh, a bit further north. But I do understand that it's it's slowly moving. That we're slowly, uh, you know, us in uh, North Carolina and stuff. People are like, "Oh yeah, you can grow citrus and stuff." I'm not really mm-hmm. sure all that's true, but we're we're getting closer every day. Right, that's the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my brothers uh, grew a um, uh, grew an orange tree. Uh, do you remember that he had a, had, had a orange, uh, orange pit from something he ate and put it in a napkin. And, uh, next day was, uh, you know, when he found it and opened it up, there's a little root growing. So he planted it and he grew it indoors for like five years or something. And until it got about six feet tall and he had to, he had to trash it. Cause it's, I mean, it's just not going to survive a winter outside, you know, right. not in this area. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know. It all depends on where you live, obviously, and what you can grow there is is going to depend a lot on uh, a lot on the the climate where you are. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, the other thing, I mean, there are a lot of great trees out there. You got pear trees um, seem to grow pretty well in kind of both climates. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. where you are, both I'm saying up north by Kevin in New York and and I can still kind of get away with it in uh in North Carolina. Mind you, I can get away with apples, but they're not mm-hmm. going to be like New York apples. Um further to the west in the mountains, they can grow apples in North Carolina and actually do pretty well with it. But uh you know, up in the mountains it gets a little bit colder. The big thing is you actually need a kind of hard winter. You know, you need some real cold in order to get the good fruit 
come spring. I mean, that was also mm-hmm. a big thing with garlic, um, you know, where you need that real contrast to get things to, to grow well. Um, cherry trees, plums, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you can think about that, uh, you know, can really add variety and, you know, stuff to your persimmon, uh, pawpaw trees in the South here, uh, mulberry trees, a lot of the berry trees, uh, you know, will do really well. Um, pecans, peaches, figs, nectarines, uh, like you said, chestnuts were awesome. There is mm-hmm. so much that you could be doing to one add value to your property, but to make it so that you have a consistent yield of quality food. People get scared of, uh, of fruit trees and because they have a bad experience, right? They plant it. It doesn't really grow. Something comes in and destroys it, gets wiped out pretty early on. And, you know, and then they're like, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm out 30 bucks, 40 bucks. And then, you know, you want to give up and, and that's the problem. So there's a couple of things that you want to consider when you're planting a fruit tree. Uh, big thing, right? So you want to dig a hole that's like two or three times the size of the diameter of the plant, uh, the container that you're getting it in. Uh, you want to dig about six inches deeper than the container, right? To allow for the root ball. Uh, mix equal parts of decomposed mulch with the best dirt from the hole that you dug. Uh, one of the things I read was like, you know, lay the dirt out on like a piece of cardboard or something. And then you kind of pick out the rocks and the clay and the, the crap. And then you can take the better topsoil and then mixing mulch and whatever and, and putting those two in there. Uh, depending what you're planning, there are a lot of additives that you can add. Uh, one of the ones, you know, that they were pushing that I saw was that Super Thrive. Uh, it, it's basically the vitamins for it. Um, but I know in New York, we used to do like holly tone and, and different stuff to, to get the right acidity and stuff. Bottom line, if you're not going to Lowe's or maybe your Lowe's garden department has like the awesome farmer lady that works there. But if you go to one of your, your local places that does trees, they're going to know exactly what you need you know, to get it planted. And usually people love to talk, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you see me and Kevin, you can't shut us up. Yeah. So people love to talk and, and tell you stuff. So maybe see, or, or maybe talk to the guys you see around who are out fussing with their yard every day and whatever, or, you know, that know about things, the old farmer at the market or whatever, and mm-hmm. ask questions. Uh, you need to find out what kind of works for your area. One of the big things that I've seen is, is that it's super important to have something that's going to grow well in your area. One of the big things, like I have a a, a neighbor who has uh, blueberry bushes that are like 10 feet tall. And mm-hmm. I don't even know if, like, I don't even know where they came from or whatever, but she has like a forest of it. And they're over there picking, you know, my wife will go over with five gallon buckets and come home with them full of blueberries. And the idea is you're finding something native to your area, you know, that grows well. And that's, I'm like, we need to go steal a bunch of cuttings and and new starts from her blueberries 
because they grow well here, you know? Right. I mean, hers, I think, I think she's about five miles away, maybe even like seven, but. Mm. Right. But it's basically going to be the same soil and, same and the climate, exact same something climate. that grows right. right well in this area. And that's what you need to do is you need to talk and find things that are local and that are going to do better. Again, are going to give you your best shot. Now you can do your reading. You can do the research. You can hope that whatever comes in from Georgia on the truck to Lowe's or whatever is going to work in your area right. or wherever the hell they come from. I mean, that's definitely possible. And, and, you know, the thing is if you connect with a real garden center that kind of knows what's going on, you can find out what's really going to work, you know, talk to people, connect with people. And like I said, maybe at the farmer's market, maybe Kevin needs to go to the local apple orchard where things are kicking ass and be like, Hey, what am I, where am I getting the right tree? What am I doing? Give me some tips that I Mm -hmm. can be kind of like you, you know? Yeah. Now, a lot of trees, a lot of trees, you can plant them from seed, from nuts, Mm -hmm. from whatever. Uh, Apple trees aren't really the same. Um, You're going to get, you know, you can take a Macintosh seed, you know, Macintosh apple and take the seeds out and plant them. It might not be a Macintosh tree that grows, you know? It's uh, going to be whatever pollinates it. Um, And you have to be aware that there are trees that need to be pollinated by other trees and they're trees that don't necessarily need that. Uh, Uh, I know when you buy, yeah. When you buy trees at Lowe's or whatever, they're going to have on that tag, what it needs and what different species breed, whatever will work to pollinate it. But Mm -hmm. go on. Sorry. Right. So, so like a plum tree, certain, you know, certain fruit trees, they don't really need, they'll pollinate themselves. Um, Apple trees, a lot of uh, other fruit trees don't. I mean, just do some research when you're um, when you're getting. It. I've I've had uh, I had an apple tree that grew for uh, probably five years and didn't produce any fruit because I didn't have you know right. I didn't right. have any other apple trees right. on the on the property and there weren't any other in the neighborhood you know right. any others in the neighborhood. Um, so you have to be conscientious of that. Sometimes uh you know sometimes you need to get more than one tree of a certain type. Uh, just to actually produce anything. And sometimes um, you can just have one tree, uh, peach trees, plum trees. They usually take care of themselves. And that's, uh, you know, just something to keep in mind when you're, when you're buying trees and when you're planting. Them. And that's the thing too. Now you have to think about where you plant it, right? So they're going to tell you about the shade that it requires and whether it needs full sun or whatever. Now, one of the things I found out when I moved here is, in North Carolina, when something says full sun, they don't mean full sun. Mm-hmm. Full sun means like, oh, you're planting a cactus. That'll go well here. But right. otherwise, you know, maybe not so much. Now, full sun in, in New York, that might be right on target. You know, Right. It, right. Full sun in New York is means full sun, at least six hours of, of sunlight. Right. Right. So just, yeah, keep that in mind and, and kind of, you know, see what you're doing. Uh, they usually say with a, a typical fruit tree, you want to have a 20-foot uh, diameter around that tree to kind of give it space to grow. Now, you'll see like dwarf apple trees and stuff like that. There'll usually be markings and, and things that tell you, you know, how close you want to be and whatever in the future. But uh, that's something you want to look at. And be aware that it actually is going to have space that if you do put in all this effort, uh, 
that you get some kind of yield that you're really looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, And then again, too, like cherry trees. Uh, We had a cherry tree do really well. And, uh, but the birds would come in, you know, whatever, come in and pick it clean. And the big thing is you got to get out there with netting, you know, like the same thing with the blueberries and stuff that, or you have to have the volume that's going to, you know, be able to accommodate feeding nature and you, you know, I mean, once things get really established, you should be getting enough that there's enough to share, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's how things work, but it takes time. And it, it is, you know, possible to hose down all your fruit trees with, with pesticides and, yes. and all sorts of stuff. But I mean, you know, whatever you're going to be eating that stuff too. And, and most pesticides hypothetically go inert after about four hours so that they're not killing off everything. But you know, the, the pesticides work, you know, that's the thing. There's a whole bunch of like natural remedies and natural things you can do to protect your, your fruits. You can like, uh, you know, uh, boil, um, you know, uh, hot peppers in, in the, some water and spray oh, it all over your okay. stuff. And it'll, that doesn't, that shit doesn't really actually work though. I, you know? I thought you were going to say, take the boiling water and throw it on the squirrels <laughs> and then they stop. Yeah, they, there you go. That'll work. You know. That'll work. But I mean, the, the truth is if you really, I mean, fruit trees draw insects, you know, yes. they, they love that shit, but, um, you know, and you, it, that pesticide stuff works, but also, you know, you should be washing your fruits and stuff before you eat them anyway. Um, oh, is that what it is? Whatever, you know, just wash it. Yeah, Don't make your. It. It's fine. I mean, it's fine after you wash saturate, it. Saturate, saturate your lawn with Roundup, and then right. just wash it when you come in the house, and you're fine. No cancer, cancer free, no, cancer free. All right, <laughs> Kevin, yeah. you follow that plan. I'm gonna go a different way. We'll see how it works out. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm not making any recommendations no. one way or the other. This is up to you, but um, you can do a lot of work to uh, keep pests away from your your fruit trees and not be successful at all. Um, pesticides do work, but um, also, you know what I mean. It's you also don't want to kill every insect in your entire yard because some of them are beneficial. You know what I mean? Just because you have a couple of uh, bugs that are eating your apples doesn't mean that. Right. It's, that pesticide isn't going to kill everything else too. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely true. Um, you do need to, uh, you know, think about what predators you do have, you know, in your area before you plant your trees and whatever, and kind of have a plan to deal with it or, you know, see what you're going to get. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, a buck comes in and just destroys, you know, your, your trees. It's, it's kind of frustrating, uh, I've definitely had uh, apple trees and, and things like that. I, I know I've mentioned it before and I hate to be redundant, but since we're focused on it, you know, I planted garlic around the base. I did really well with that. Um, I used to hang little bells, like kind of like the little motorcycle uh, bells you, you have there mm-hmm. and off the branches. And it would kind of, it would work for a little bit where it would spook the deer when they come start nibbling on the branch and they hear the bell ring and they're like, Oh shit, that's not normal. And they take off and they panic. But again, that, that works for so long. Um, You may want to surround your property with barbed wire and set it up like a prison concentration camp. Right. That might be good. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've seen, you know, we talked about, we had that predator episode. We talked about, like in the prison 
freak out the Maybe you're a bunch of killer hawks selling anything that moves in your yard. You know, you do you. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe a bunch of angry dogs that you keep chained up and you just throw them steaks every other day and, you know, whatever. Right. You got to keep know. them hungry. Yeah. The trick is uh, feeding them feeding them meat and gunpowder. Yeah, that meat and gunpowder. That makes powder. them extremely host- hostile. Yeah. If you're ever trying to train a dog for dog fighting, that's the trick is the gunpowder and the food. Yeah. Kevin, dog not, fighting. I'm not recommending oh, people, oh, people get into dog fight. I'm just saying, if that's something that you're into, I'm not, no judgment here. This is a judgment-free zone. So what it is now. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Now let's talk about some other trees that are, that are beneficial aside right. of fruit trees, aside of nut There trees. are other beneficial trees. There are other great trees to have in your neighborhood. I mean, trees do, uh, do produce a lot of, uh, you know, benefits, you know, help clean the air help clean the water, you know, provide you some shade in the summer. All right. That sort of stuff. So you're saying the trees are good for the planet. Yeah. And the uh, people that live on the planet. You know? I live on the planet. All right. Yeah, we're one of the people. So let's talk about sugar maples. Well, okay. one of my favorites, they grow all over the place up here. Every other damn tree is a sugar maple. Okay. Now sugar maples are great. Obviously maple syrup. That's, that's where maple syrup comes from. The maple syrup that's in your refrigerator is probably like fake manufactured maple syrup in a factory. It's corn probably syrup. not actually yeah. from a maple tree. Right. It's from uh, GMO corn, your syrup in the refrigerator. Yeah. 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 And it's, and it's, you know, it's pretty damn good. I got to admit, you know, it's yeah. not, it's not terrible. The wife uh, always yells at me. She's like, you hate corn syrup. And then there you go. Just grabbing that regular <laughs> syrup bottle that, uh huh, that's straight corn syrup. And I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. with your but maple syrup on your pancakes, some real maple syrup from real. Some people really love that. I personally like it myself, you know, big fan. But also there's other things. Uh, the sap from maple syrup, that's clean water. You can drink yes. that, you know, without boiling it down and making it in a syrup. You can just drink it. It's it's good quality water. If you're ever out in the wilderness and you can't a, find water to drink. A little hint of flavor in it. It does. It does a little bit. Um, not as much as you think, though. You're like, oh, it's going to be like syrup. No. Yeah. No, not no, so much. Not that sweet. Nope. Um, but also those little helicopter pods that come oh, down in the fall. fun for the whole family. They're fun. Yeah. You can peel them apart, put them on your nose. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But also, if you take them, take the seeds out of those little pods, those are edible. You can eat those seeds. Um, you know? It's a, a little uh, benefit because I, I have a bunch of maples in my yard and it's yeah. every year. It's like my lawn is covered with those things, you know, grinding them all up in the lawnmower and mulching them all out. But um, and also young maple le- uh, leaves when they're when they're just uh, starting in the spring. That's also edible. You know, it's as good as uh, salad, good as lettuce. Um about birch trees everybody that's a survivalist or prepper or hiker or uh you know everybody loves birch trees they're useful they have a lot of uses so obviously the bark everybody knows great for a fire starter start a fire yep Mm -hmm. um you can actually boil the bark and drink it and it's a anti-inflammatory it's non-toxic it's uh it i saw a hippie 
website I was looking at, and it said that it's a like hippie website. Yeah, it's a detoxifier. I don't know what toxins. Yeah, I don't know what toxins you got in you. Here's Um, what happens: you you should clean that out. You eat the acorns, you get the upset (laughs) stomach, and then you go to the birch, and then you Uh clean things out. There you go. Uh, Birch tree. I'm not a uh, nutritionist. I just wanted to point that out. That was maybe not the best. Yeah, maybe that's not the the way to do it. But no. Yeah. Uh, Also, birch trees, though the sap is clean water. If you can tap that tree and get that, you can't get access to clean water somewhere else. Cool thing. Source. You can make syrup out of your birch trees. Mm -hmm. Secret of the pros, right there. Yeah, it's not as popular, but it's definitely definitely doable. All right. Now let's talk about uh, about willow trees. Oh, um, now, every prepper book I've ever seen since the beginning of time mentions. Oh, don't you don't you make aspirin out of the willow tree bark? That comes up every time. Kevin, every is time. this true? Is this something we can do? I've heard I've heard rumors both ways. I've never done it myself, but okay. they say you can take the uh, peel the bark off and you yeah. take that inner white. Uh, you know, papery stuff inside between the bark and the and the trunk. And now a lot of times that, that get into a tea, right? Right. It's so you would take that, take a cup of that that bark, boil it with two cups of water, and that should be your your thing. Um, okay. It probably tastes like shit, though. You know, have you ever chewed up an aspirin? That's probably that's what I'm guessing that would taste. I like. think I'm told that actually. Yeah, I think I've heard that. That yeah. that's not the uh, the. So it's not the tastiest thing. Right now, if you have more time than money and and uh, are actually like really focused on your homestead, there is a book that I loved um, called "The Secret Garden of Survival," mm-hmm. and you may want to check that out. Uh, Rick Austin, I think he actually has some kind of North Carolina prepper hippie fair or something. I might check out that he does in down here near me. Of course, it's the other side of the state. States are bigger than you think. Yeah. I keep finding that out. I'm like, oh, it's it's in North Carolina here with me. Oh, it's six hours away. Wait yeah, a minute, six hours that, of driving. That doesn't, nah. that doesn't sound as fun as I wanted it to be, you know. But uh, yeah, no, he actually talks about you know the symbiotic uh, relationship of, of trees and and plants and how you can uh, kind of make it all work together where. You're not out killing yourself. You know, I, I watched, he was actually on that uh, doomsday prepper show, I think one time mm-hmm. and had a, a great episode and he's out there with the wife and kids and they're pulling five gallon buckets out of the, out of the woods every morning or whatever going, yep, right. here's our harvest this morning. And yeah. I think it's all true, but I also looked and it was going to cost me a fortune in doing it. And it was going to cost me a fortune in time. Right. And, hate to say it time i don't have so i want to be fixing up the farmhouse i want to do you know all these different projects but you know that's kind of what you get is we only have so much time and you have to decide what the priority is for you yeah Uh, you know reading his book it seemed like your bet your best bet with that getting started was to clear cut everything on your property and start from scratch you know which is a lot of work to begin with you know, and then, you know, following up, it's going to be a couple of years before you're even producing anything, you know. Um, but he definitely has a good plan there. It's like a, yeah. a oh, food forest. Awesome. As we, we've talked about the, that in another episode. But it's really, uh, 
really pretty impressive what he's what he's able to do, what he is able to accomplish on his his homestead. Yeah, no, it really is. it's amazing. And the the thing is, when it's like that, um, if you really look at what he's set up, and and the thing is, he just has everything integrated. You know, it kind of goes back to that Indian uh, um, kind of. What is like, it? The three sisters uh, the is what they call it, right? Thing, right? Where you yeah. have the tree and the beans coming up it and the little things protected at the base of the tree. And those things are protecting the tree. He definitely is very focused on the whole ecosystem thing. But the big thing too, like that is you don't have to worry about, you know, that's why he's got it. It's called the secret garden of survival. Well, the big thing is, you know, it's not obvious. Hey, you don't have a big apple orchard that everybody's going to just walk in and, and take all your apples and, and run off. He's got where everything's kind of integrated and hidden where nobody's going to come in. And I mean, they may come in and take a lot of your, oh, look, there's raspberries. Oh, there's this or that. They may take stuff, but they're not going to be able to wipe you out. Right. right. It's definitely going to be stuff that's kind of hidden and, and a little more obscure and the more you start to understand what's good to eat, I mean, you know, we have persimmons that I haven't figured out yet what I can do with them or different things. There's all these things that you have calories out there in your yard and maybe don't know how to utilize them. And right. getting to know what's growing and planting things that could be really easy to add huge benefit of calories into your system is awesome. And I got to say, making things that are work one time, but that will yield over and over again calories without any effort is mm. pretty awesome. I yeah. mean, I got to say, you know, people talk about, oh, well, I'll spend $500 or I guess now it's like $1,000 for um, two months of food storage when you could pay somebody $2,000 to come in and set up some kind of little orchard for you you know i'd right. imagine i don't know probably not in new york you can't do anything with you can't $2, do anything yeah two thousand dollars isn't in getting your shit i'd be like look i'm not even coming over to give you an estimate for two thousand dollars you know mm -hmm. it's not but you know hypothetically yeah. right if you, yeah, now, kid, you could make the little kids do work right <laughs> they gotta do something man just playing video games all day bad little kids yeah, video games yeah. right but I mean, uh, you know, with those food forests, though, it is, um, you know, if you have 20 acres, that's probably a, a great go to. If you're on one acre or five acres or whatever, you kind of want to stick with gardening and, and growing your own vegetables. You're going to produce a lot more on yeah. that amount of property. It's going to be a little bit more work, but it's also, you know, you're going to produce a lot. You, you can't you can't have a food forest on an acre of land. It's just not going to produce enough for you. So it's just something to keep in mind with that. Yeah. Um, somebody mentioned maybe, Kevin, you need background checks to plan in New York. That, that sounds about right. No, I heard in New York, because we're, we're about wrapping up with, with fruit trees. Now, it's my understanding, Kevin, that in New York, you're not letting your kids go to school so you can house the uh, illegal immigrants. Is that what's going on down there or, or what's happening? I Man, I don't know. I don't know what's going on up here. I I I try not to watch the lo the local news because it always it just, just enrages me. Yeah, uh, the stuff great. that people get arrested for, and sure. the stuff that people don't get arrested for, it just blows my mind around here. 
Well, I know yeah. you guys used to like beat people to death if they were selling the Lucy cigarettes in New York City. Yeah, you just like choke that, them and yeah, you just choke that them. Guy's to death. Done, That's right? it. You're done. You sold a, a cigarette without paying taxes on it. God forbid. <laughs> yeah. Now it seems like most of the uh, police in this area are just revenue collectors and not really actually helping anybody out. You know, they're giving out tickets and fines, but right. they're not really like saving you. If somebody breaks into your house. And you don't have, you don't you can't defend yourself. You're fucked, dude. Yeah, no, yeah. and they're, they're not going to give you the opportunity to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I can't help but notice your sweatshirt has that uh, nice survival and basic badass. Yeah, that's right. Logo I on there does have that here. Um, Take a so look. Be pretty cool if you had something like that, right? Yeah, or the fancy mug. Oh, or the fancy mug. There's a lot of swag uh, over I here, a, man. I have a mug over here, actually. Yeah. The one of those I can't turn it nice. the right way, and then you got the the, the logo on the other side. Nice, I, nice. Yeah, so if you wanted some of that swag, you could get it. You could get some for yourself. Where would they go? What's what's what kind of website? I don't know. What is the name of our website? Is it preppingbadass.com? I think so. That is it. Preppingbadass.com. I think right. you can also go to the survival and basic badass podcast.com. That sounds really long though and hard to write. Yeah. Words you'd have to spell them correctly. And yeah. prepping badass sounds better. Yeah. Um but yeah, so we got that going. You may want to check that out. Anyway, I really appreciate you guys sticking around. Whatever. If you could like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, that'd be awesome. Um Again, subscribing wherever you download the podcast, like iTunes or I, I don't know where else people go. Spotify, yeah, iHeartRadio, all that, all Stitcher, that stuff is. Yeah, is iHeartRadio still even around? I don't even know what's going on. Maybe in like in a movie or something, right? Yeah. If you guys left reviews or at least subscribe, that'd be awesome. It definitely yeah. helps us with the. I think numbers. we're on YouTube. Um, if you guys have a, uh, an idea for a show or if you guys want to hear about something specific, you can email us at preppingbadass at, at gmail.com. Also, if uh, you want to tell Kevin thoughts. that you're a little annoyed that he doesn't show up for the podcast lately, you, mm-hmm. could, you, know, you could also do that. Chance. Yeah. Uh, leave reviews. Uh, reviews uh, help us out a lot. Help us. Uh, you now, know, Kevin always says that out. he likes negative reviews. Now, here's the trick, though. Work with me. Now, you want to put five stars but then you want to say that Kevin's a jerk. And yeah, then talk that, shit. That works. Sometimes I'm feeling too good about myself, and I'll go through the reviews. And I'll skip it. all the five-star ones and just, just read the one- and two-star ones. If you tell them you're skipping the five-star, then it Well, kind I, of I read all of them, but the five-stars are usually, like, I feel like you're just blowing well, smoke Kevin, up my you're ass. you're so awesome. Yeah, man. exactly. I know, I know what I am. And I, it's super <laughs> awesome, isn't it? And now. Yeah. All right. So anyway, we'll let you guys get back to work. Stay safe, and we will talk to you guys next week.